Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And today I am joined by Todd Harper and April Chapman. Both of them are from Generous Giving. April, Todd, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. That's great to be with you, Leo. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, such a pleasure. We're looking forward to this. Wonderful. Well, let me tell you folks a little bit about both Todd and April. Todd is the co-founder of Generous Giving, and I'll let him share about his current role and his responsibilities. But I did want to touch a little bit on his prior experience prior to Generous Giving. He was a partner in an investment management firm, and he advised high net worth clients on growing and using wealth wisely. And I think this is what led Todd to found uh, Generous Giving, because obviously he saw the need for generosity and how wealthy folks have such an impact in the kingdom of God or potential impact. And so I love that part of his uh, background and experience. Of course, he's uh, an experienced ministry leader and a major donor of development, philanthropic advising. He's done a lot of work and I'll let him share more about that and his passion for generosity. April is the chief executive officer at Generous Giving. And uh, April has a very um, diverse uh, experience in the tech industry. She's worked over 20 years including a tenure at Microsoft. She's managed teams responsible for consumer internet sites and orchestrating key partnerships. So she is very impressive in that sense. Uh, But what I love most about her experience or her background is that she's worked with and invests in Christian-led organizations, locally, nationally, and internationally to help maximize their economic, social, and spiritual impact. Uh, And I just love that. I, I think that's the best part of her experience. Uh, So I would definitely like you, April, to go a little bit deeper into that. Tell us about um, just your passion. How did you transition from the tech industry and being obviously successful there uh, to coming into generous giving as a CEO? Great. Thanks, Leo. Uh, Yeah, it was definitely a journey. Um, Loved my job at Microsoft, was enjoying the tech industry. But part of our story is my and my husband worked at Microsoft as well. We're both software engineers by training. And there was one day we were at a a ministry conference um, about five years after we'd been married. And first time it had ever happened to us, we kind of got a word from the Lord that what what we had been learning in our industry uh, experience, he was ready to turn into the ministry world and, and start getting some kingdom impact out of all that he'd been teaching us. So we were super excited. We didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, But the next step was I left Microsoft and I started consulting for nonprofit ministries. And it's interesting, I, I called the consulting firm Impact Technologies. And it just, it became impact. It became sort of the, you know, just the driving force for everything we were doing. And so the Lord kind of gave us this vision that whatever he had taught us, we now wanted to pour into nonprofits and ministry service. And then what happened over time, Leo, is we started, well, let me put it this way. The point was, take your life experience and get spiritual impact out of that in the world. And then over time, what we saw is, oh, 
we started getting into some investing and looking at businesses. And we saw on the other end of the spectrum, businesses needed to think a little bit more like ministries, right? So it was like, put your business hat on for the ministries and put your ministry hat on for the businesses. And so pretty soon my life just ended up being a sort of spectrum, you know, that I, as I looked at organizations, they fell somewhere on that spectrum and you know, we could we could push ministries to be, you know, more sustainable and innovative, and we could help businesses be more redemptive and think about social and spiritual impact. And so that's kind of the journey I've been on. And thankfully, the, the Lord has given both my husband and I just experiences across that spectrum. It's been fantastic. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, Todd, uh, tell us a little bit about your current role as co-founder of Generous Giving. And then why do you believe generosity is so important? to a person's heart. Yeah, so thanks, Leo. And it really is a privilege to be here and it's fun to be here with April um, and getting to serve and support her leadership uh, at Generous Giving. I'm thrilled. We've known each other for more than 10 years. She was, she and her husband, Craig, were really involved with the work of Generous Giving as volunteers. And then uh, I think I recruited her to be a board member um, and then God led her uh, to to lead this team uh, about five months ago, uh, which has created the opportunity for me to step aside from managing generous giving. And I like to say that I'm getting to do generous giving now mm-hmm. rather than manage generous giving, which what that means is working with families and and using the generous giving tools to encourage people to be more generous in their walks with the Lord and in their impact in the world, uh, which has never felt like work to me. So I feel like uh, just it's an incredible privilege to get to be in that place of inviting people into this deeper walk with Jesus and a a greater surrender uh, or opening of their hands to God's purposes in and through their lives. And I think, why do I think this is so important? Why do I think Jesus talked about money so much? I think it's a very interesting question because I don't think God needs our money, right? He created the world. He spoke the world into existence. And yet he talks about money. Jesus talks about money more than any other topic. And uh, it would be familiar maybe to many listeners, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And you also, it also says a couple verses later that you can't serve both God and money. So there's some really powerful connection here with our money and our heart. And Jesus wants our heart. He wants all of us. Uh, but sometimes money is a barrier, I think, to in my own life, uh, to surrendering all to him. So th- I think that's why this message is such a big deal. And that's really what I'm getting to give my life and energy and focus to full time now with April leading the leading the, sh- the show. Um, it's really been quite a delight for me. That's that's great. I, I love that. Um, I definitely can attest to uh, to the passion you have and and just seeing how the Lord's worked in your life to get you to this point. Uh, and that's always so exciting for me as I look at people's journey 
to where God has them and where they've been and how God equips us literally for every season, especially if we're intentional to seek him out. Well, I know that some of our listeners may be familiar with your content, but if they're not, let's introduce that here. You have a journey of generosity curriculum event that you do. I've been to it several times. Uh, Many of our folks are familiar with it. But for those that are not, I'd like you to briefly describe it, Todd, if you wouldn't mind. And then April, uh, I'd like you to to tell us a little bit about uh, what you've seen as people have gone through this experience. Yeah, we, this is, as you said, a journey of generosity. It's sometimes abbreviated as a JOG, J-O-G, that acronym. Uh, And it's a 22-hour overnight retreat on the topic of money that involves stories, teaching, some scripture, reading, reflection, discussion, and it's all designed to create a safe place for somebody to kind of process stewarding what God has entrusted to them and doing that in a way without any kind of self-interested agenda. So we're, we're really trying to create an environment where people can hear from the Lord and, and really be inspired by the stories of real life, extraordinarily generous people. Um, and it, it, it has proven to be, now we've done several thousands of these uh, around the U.S. and thousands more internationally. Uh, it has proven to be a very powerful spiritual experience uh, for almost everyone who participates. Yeah, well, I could definitely attest to that. The, the thing that I'd like to highlight here is that there is no ask at this event. It's, it's simply a, an experience of listening to different stories and teachings on this topic of generosity so that the participant can just reflect, what does this mean to me? Or what does this mean to me and my spouse? And I love that because as my wife and I have gone through it, the conversations that we had has really shaped in the way we think about giving. It's no longer, do you want to give this much or this much, or do you want to give there and there? It has changed it to where our conversations are not, should we give? It's when, you know, how do we go about making sure that we hear what the Lord wants us to do rather than just put a strategy together and say, okay, we're going to give X amount above our tithe every year and you know, Lee, I'll let you handle this since you handle the rest of the decisions with our money. It's it's not that. It's It really puts it in the center of the couple. And individually, it brings you together because each one of us is called to generosity, especially if we're a couple. So I think sometimes that could be lost. But I love that the event allowed both my wife and I, and I was very passionate about this in the beginning, her not as much because it's not really her calling, but but it put her in a position to really see the, the need to be part of something like this and be part of generosity herself. So April, have you seen uh, hearts of people uh, change in this experience? What have you witnessed as you've gone through this? Yeah. And first, I want to just add on to what you just said, because interestingly, uh, you know, my husband and I, we've done um the journey of generosity experiences just for women, and we've done some just for men. But I'll tell you, if if people are married, it's so powerful to do it for couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I actually facilitate as couples, which I think brings a fun flair to it as well. But when you get caught, I mean, we've, we're not counselors and we're not meant to be during the journey of generosity, but when you've got couples in there, I mean, kind of like you were saying, even just with you and your wife, like 
there are issues that come up and there are some great conversations that are had. We often feel like we're doing marriage counseling, you know, by the, by the end of the experience, but it usually turns out beautifully. And if there is one partner who's kind of been holding back and letting the other lead, there's this awareness all of a sudden that, oh, this is something we do together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to make these choices together. Even if you're gifted differently or you have different passions about where to give, it brings you together as a couple to be purposeful um, with all that the Lord has given you to steward. So I just want to add that on because it is a powerful tool for couples too. Um, another aspect I wanted to draw out is when we invite people to these jogs, Um, Typically, they're people who are already interested in giving, right? Uh, So they already kind of have that notion. And really, the jog is like putting fuel on the fire. Um, It gives, you know, they're with other like-minded people. And as Todd said, it's a it's a safe environment where you're getting to, you know, be inspired. You're having these great discussions. And then some of the keys to the jog are that we give you time to listen to the Lord. And then we just have this great um, discussion. Just really, most people end up being pretty vulnerable because you know it's a safe environment. So you get at some issues that maybe you've never talked about with your friends or family because culturally we don't talk about money, right? Even in Christian circles, we just, we never sort of get, you know, to a deeper level on that topic. So it's powerful um, because you again, culturally, we just don't usually get to have these kinds of conversations. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. It is interesting to me how a lot of times when people go through this, what I've experienced, what I've seen is that the barriers or the walls come down. Yes. People people will say things and be very open because again, there's no, there's no reason not to be. Right. It's just an environment where you're witnessing people be very vulnerable, very open with what they've done. And it, it inspires you, but also convicts you sometimes because, you know, we could always do, always do better. We could always be more generous. And, and I'd just love to see different people who I knew they were already giving way above their tithe. And then to see just a radical transformation as God was challenging them to go much, much deeper. Uh, it's very powerful experience. And, and I love the, the way it's set up really removes every barrier from someone not engaging with it. And like you said, usually there is a desire to be generous to begin with. And so that helps, um, but it does take you to another level. So, yeah, and I uh, don't want your listeners to think, you know, that this is like a trust fall kind of thing, you know, (laughs) it happens very naturally. It's just this natural progression of discussion, you know, with the words sprinkled in, um, you know, and and some theology, it just, it naturally flows. And it's great. Todd and I the other day um, came across a quote from um, one of the folks who attended one of our jogs. I wanted to read this to you because this just sort of encapsulates it. And this was just a recent one. Next to the day of our salvation, that 22-hour experience at the jog was the single greatest change to our understanding of our relationship with Christ and what that means for the rest of our lives. It has caused us to completely rethink everything about how we are defining success, what we are aiming at, and how we are thinking about things as a family. I mean, it's like, wow, it just... um, it, it's, it ends up not being really about finance. It kind of goes back to what Todd said about God and mammon. You know, it's like people have to sort of struggle a little bit or contemplate maybe is a better word, like 
this, if I surrender my life, God might have a whole new adventure for me to be on. And I think that back to your question, like what kind of heart change do we see? That's it. And, and then there's, so there's kind of two things that happen. It's like there's personal heart change. And then we know watching people, but then that changes the world. So it is this sort of inward, you know, that vertical change between us and the Lord and then the horizontal, because then it becomes this multiplication effect of impact that goes out into all the ministries we're involved in. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal to be involved in. I got to say. Yeah, you look like you're having fun. That's awesome. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Compass Finances God's Way. Compass Finances God's Way exists to equip people worldwide to faithfully apply God's instructions on money and possessions so that they may know Christ more intimately, be free to serve Him, and help fund the Great Commission. In short, we help others follow Jesus, make disciples, and glorify God in the area of money and possessions. One of the foundational ways we address this is through the Building Your Finances God's Way Financial Discipleship Study. To learn more about this study and training your leaders in financial discipleship, visit our website at compassone.org. What other ways have you guys witnessed God move as people learn about biblical generosity? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that's encouraging, Leo, and you'll know this from being in ministry for so long, is it ministry can be hard and slow and change happens slowly in our lives, you know, often, certainly in my own life. <laughs> but one of the things that has been so encouraging about kind of being in these environments is seeing people change their behavior dramatically mm. in a in a sh- compressed amount of time. And so one of the things that we, you know, it's difficult to measure impact in ministry, right? It's certainly difficult to measure spiritual growth or spiritual transformation. And yet one of the things that we have been able to measure is changed financial behaviors, right? Like what do people do after a jog related to their giving? We've studied this for you know years in all kinds of different ways. And it's very common for somebody to come into a generous giving environment and double their giving mm. after they leave. And for that change to persist over time, because when we experience the truth that it's more blessed to give than to receive, it's true that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so it's it's just interesting to watch that people's giving doesn't generally fall. Now, they could have financial reversals that would impact the way they're able to give, but it's a sticky change that we observe. So it's like there's this heart transformation that gets manifested through increased giving of treasure and time to the causes that God's inviting people into. And that's kind of what just never gets old for me is getting to see those aha moments for families. And then frankly, walking alongside generous people, there's just this spirit, this contagious spirit in people. Think about the people that are the most generous people, you know, and you want to spend time around them 
or not, right? They're they're just yeah. they're just kind of delightful people because they're thinking about others uh, in a very winsome way. So that's kind of one of the things that we have gotten to see in some ways at scale for my you know almost twenty two years of working with generous giving. Yeah, that's great. There's another aspect too, which is people who have kind of been bit by the generosity bug and experienced the joy in their life. They become carriers of the message is what we found. Um, As an example, so up here in Seattle, we've kind of created this community of generosity uh, where those of us who have been in a jog, you know, we meet together quarterly and we have conversations and kind of learn what each other are doing, inspire and and encourage each other to to keep going. And there have been two younger couples that have been part of that community who over the course of the last couple of years, uh, one moved to Austin, the other couple moved to the DC area. And both couples have kept in touch with us and are recreating those communities of generosity where they now live. They've been so excited to bring jogs there and get groups going at their church. And so it's just, it's been wonderful to see them just being carriers of this message. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, because uh, I think what Todd, what you were saying and what I heard you say is you can't walk away from this unchanged. Yeah. And you can't go back to the way you were. You know what I mean? Because when we don't really truly understand or experience generosity and don't experience that joy that that it provides, because we're actually operating in the way we're created when we do that when we get a sense of that it's like the greatest fulfillment that we have right that that experientially emotionally spiritually in every way and no one can walk away from that and say well that was just an experience no it changes you and it changes you forever i think uh where you can't you can't undo it (laughs) yeah i think what i think what happens for lots of people maybe not a hundred percent of the people but a vast majority is a switch gets flipped from ought to to get to. Ah, love that. And if if that happens, it changes everything, mm-hmm. right? Because desire is so much more powerful than duty. Mm. And we're made to be that way. We're made to be generous in God's image. But there's a lot of competing voices, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of telling us to look out for number one, right? I mean, that's kind of a primary cultural message. But the jog introduces people in a in a fun and engaging way to examples of people that it's like, man, I want to be more like that, mm-hmm. not I got to look out for number one. So yeah, yeah that's great. Um, so what stories of generosity inspire you, Todd? Share one with us. <laughs> Well, we have a number of these on our website. I'm thinking about one of my favorite stories that we show in every job is a family in Memphis named the Barnharts, Alan and Catherine Barnhart. And they basically started a company, took over a very small company from his parents 30 years ago and dedicated it to the Lord and really set out to protect themselves from becoming wealthy. And yet this business has grown to hundreds of millions of dollars of annual revenue. And they live a middle-class lifestyle and give literally give away millions of dollars each year. And 
spending time with them, getting to know the kind of people behind the stories. It's so authentic, their joy and purposefulness in giving their lives away for the sake of others in Jesus' name. It's like every chance I get, I want to be around them because there's, I don't mean they don't have problems or challenges, right? But the quality of their life and the alignment with God's calling in their lives is so compelling, even though it's crazy when people, you know, people watch this story or even meet them. And it's like, who does that? Right. Like it kind of blows people's minds. And yet the fruit of their lives is so compelling. I just feel privileged to get to be around families like that. Yeah. Well, I can definitely see how that would be inspiring uh, being around that. Um, yeah, it does. It does have a, a way of inspiring you to, to live up to that. It's contagious in a way, I think, you know, when I've seen someone or I've heard of a story of generosity, we've done, of course, through my years as a Christian, being in different churches, being part of different capital campaigns, uh, several while I was at Gateway, every time the a story of generosity was shared, I was always inspired to, you know, rise up above where I was. It was just a natural desire. It's like, that's how I need to live. Like, that's that's a model of what I'm supposed to be experiencing. And it's, again, it's not only inspiring, it's contagious. And, and that's why I say you can't really walk away unchanged. If you truly are open to this and you don't, you know, there aren't other issues you got to work through, but you really desire to be and you're open to be generous and to, to make sure that you're doing what God is asking you to do then it will completely transform you. Uh, and, and I love that. I love that this specific content had that kind of impact on me, who was already inclined to that. I was already teaching others how to be generous, being very fluent in understanding God's desire for generosity. But yet it took me to a level that I, I just honestly wasn't, uh, that I wanted to be and I didn't even know. And this is what helped me to, to take that next step. And it was just, uh, like I said, for my wife and I, it, it was definitely transformational in that sense. So I attest everything you've been saying. So I do want to cover one other thing, which is when you think about biblical generosity and altruism, because there's a lot of good that's being done in the world and not all of it is, you know, kingdom focused and all of that, but what's the difference? And is there a difference? Why, why is biblical generosity different than altruism? You know, I'll, I'll speak to that, Leo. Um, And maybe it's, especially pertinent because I live in Seattle and we're known as a generous city, right? We have some some billionaires who happen to live here who are known for foundations and giving away money. And so we tend to be seen as this pretty philanthropic, um, generous city. And yet we have this conversation um, pretty regularly when we do jogs because um, it, it has a bit to do with motivation. Mm. It has a bit to do with who gets the glory and it has everything to do with spiritual impact. Um, and here's what I mean by that. So we would say social impact is super important. As Christians, absolutely, we need to be funding wells in Africa. We absolutely need to be funding youth who need more education or, you know, medical ministries. Like there, there's, you know, trafficking, there are any number of ministries that we would call social impact. And we absolutely need to be the hands and feet as Christians doing that. And that's what philanthropists do or what people who are altruistic do or who um, have a passion for justice. What we like to say is 
you know, as an example, we could drill a well and give a community fresh water that will improve their life and give them a longer and better physical life. But as Christians, we want to get them all the way to the finish line. We want to get them to spiritual impact and eternal life, right? So for us, that is the difference between biblical generosity and altruism or philanthropy. It's like we have a, 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 a different goal that we're going for. We don't want to just get to social impact and better physical lives. We want to work with organizations or businesses that are trying to move people all the way to spiritual impact. And there are a number of different ways we can do that, right? And again, the difference is if you're just doing philanthropy or altruism, who gets the glory for that? Usually it's you, um, right? As opposed to, you know, if you look at 2 Corinthians 9, it's a great chapter on generosity and God providing. And at the end of the story and in that passage, it talks about so that God gets the glory. And that's what we're about with biblical generosity. So I think it's it's a pretty easy differentiator when we just kind of break it down that way. Yeah, very well said. I totally agree with that. So Todd, you shared the story about uh, the folks that were that inspired in generosity, and I got inspired as you were sharing that. Tell me, where can people find uh, some of these stories and more about generous giving? Yeah, generousgiving.org. We have scores of stories of real life people who are living extraordinarily generous lives, and we love those stories to be shared. So they're free. We're happy for churches to use them, to show them. And we've just seen some really cool stories, actually, of churches showing some of these stories that model biblical generosity. And I think that's been, if there's a hallmark of what we do at Generous Giving, it's it's we tell compelling stories. And really, all we do is capture compelling stories and reflect them. They're not our stories. We're highlighting somebody's, you know, kind of spiritual journey. And it's an interesting way to invite people into a different perspective and practice of generosity. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that because we do have some of our listeners and folks that follow us on a regular basis who are not in ministry. Uh, They're not pastors. They're not stewardship leaders, but love the topic. Uh, And so, because they are inclined to stewardship and generosity. Uh, I love that they now know they can go to generous giving and not only experience these inspirational stories themselves, but maybe share them with family members and, and folks that um, that could literally have a transformation because of some of the things that you guys have made available. So thank you for that. Now, let me switch a little bit and let's focus a little bit more on the folks that are more dependent on what we do in our content, which is to equip stewardship and pastors in churches, in the local churches, uh, on this topic, important topic of generosity. So it's also about some of the resources generous giving offers to churches who desire to integrate biblical generosity in their own communities and, and even their community, not just Christian community, but the community, physical community. Yeah, well, our primary means for doing that is what we've been talking about, uh, mm-hmm. is the journey of generosity. And I think it's pr- probably important for somebody who hasn't heard of us to understand that we offer this experience for free. Mm. Uh, We are fully funded so that we can do this work without ever asking for money. Our mission is furthered as more people are exposed and invited to live generously with all that God has entrusted to them. So that's kind of unique. You can experience, if there's a 
a listener who is interested in experiencing what we're talking about. One of the blessings of COVID, if I can say that, is we have a journey of generosity experience that can be done online now uh, with people from around the country. So they can go to generousgiving.org, search for events, and sign up for an online jog at no charge so that somebody can experience that if they haven't experienced it before, or you can host your own in-person jog. And we at Generous Giving will send a trained facilitator and the materials so that you can conduct when we'll walk you each step of the way to be able to host one of those, as I know you have experienced uh, several times. So those are kind of the pathways to our most powerful experience. Of course, we have things on our website, as we've talked about, stories and other resources to encourage biblical generosity. But our best offering, I would say, and and my heart, our heart for the church is to be a tool, especially for the stewardship leader volunteer or staff leader who is looking for a tool to disciple their givers. Mm -hmm. That's really what this is designed for. And one of the things that's interesting in the church, my pastor said this to me years ago. He said, you know, I realized that there are very few things, very few ways that we can engage the people who are generous in our church in kind of activating that spiritual gift or affirming that spiritual gift or fanning that flame other than asking, right? We have lots of resources for people who are struggling. This really is ideally suited for those who have surplus and are thinking about how to steward that. Mm -hmm. And it really isn't uncommon for somebody to come into this environment, a person who has been generous and leave dramatically changing their pattern of giving. That gets me up every morning. It's thinking about the next person that that can be invited into that way of being in the world. Yeah, that's great. April, anything else you would say to a stewardship leader, uh, how they should be thinking about benefiting from some of the, some of the, obviously from the jog and how to incorporate that. How, how, what would you say if you, if you met a stewardship leader right now and sat down with them for 15 minutes over coffee, how would you encourage them? Yeah, I think it's adding on to what Todd said just a little bit. Usually our first suggestion for the stewardship leader is, Hey, why don't you convene the biggest givers, uh, your leadership, your board in a jog and let them experience it. And they will see the neutrality of it, right? Again, kind of speaking to Todd's point, because people always think they're going to be asked for something and we are just trying to give something to them. So that's usually where we start is convene your leaders and the people who you think are most generous and let us bless them um, with this message and see if it changes their lives. And what we found is it kind of trickles down from there. As those with surplus and the, you know, those in leadership get a vision for this and see how it can really sort of change the generous temperature in your church, then you probably will want to host a few more jogs and kind of get that going. But that's what we've found to be most successful so far. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I, I thoroughly, I'm, I'm excited from this interview just because 
it reminded me how much uh, how much joy and how much um, I got out of being in jog. So it, I'm kind of leaning toward uh, probably attending one or leading one soon because uh, I just I miss that. It, it is a very powerful event. Todd, any last words before uh, I share a little bit about how folks can connect with you and, and recommend that they do that? We just love to serve anyone who is intrigued, uh, interested with this. Feel free to, you can share my email address, which is just Todd at generousgiving.org. We would love to serve any stewardship leader who's thinking about how they can cultivate a generous culture in their church. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being part of this. And for you, listener, thank you for taking the time to listen to this interview. I hope you were inspired to go beyond just where you are today yourself, but then to also bring others with you as April so well defined the difference between biblical generosity and altruism, that really biblical generosity has so much more because it glorifies God ultimately. And that's that's what we're called to do. That's where we find our greatest fulfillment when we are living in that way. And so I want to encourage you to look at Generous Giving. You can go to generousgiving.org to learn more about what they do about this JOG event, this Journey of Generosity event that you can be part of or that you can host so that folks within your own community and church can be part of something like this. This is a powerful tool uh, that you can use to allow God to work. That's what I love about this content is that you don't have to come prepared for anything. You just hit play, basically. And it is so powerful because of the way it was created and designed to uh, speak to the heart of, of each individual person. I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll check them out, generousgiving.org. And if you want to know more about stewardship or generosity and who we are as a Christian Stewardship Network, uh, you can find us at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. And uh, benefit from some of the content that we put out. If we can help you to start a stewardship ministry, we would love to help you. Thank you for being part of this. We'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader.